Next week, we're going to get back to our place in the Gospel of Luke, but I want to skip ahead today to Luke chapter 24 and our following in the footsteps of Jesus. Today, those footsteps take us to the empty tomb. When was the last time you rode on a roller coaster? How many of you have done that? I, I specifically remember the last time my wife and I rode on a roller coaster. It was at SeaWorld, and it was the Manta. I think they turn you facing the ground. And we took off. And after all of the screaming, after all the praying, after the repenting of our sins and everything that was going on, my wife said to me two words that I'll never forget. She said, Never again. <laughs> Even for the grandkids, I will not ride on a roller coaster again. Roller coasters are fun for some, for some people. But you know, sometimes we're on a roller coaster of emotions. That's the way I look at those disciples and the last week of the Lord Jesus Christ's life. They were on a roller coaster of emotions. His arrest in the garden, the unjust trials before the Jews, Herod and Pilate, the cruel scourging, the calloused mockery, and then his crucifixion, death, and burial plunged them in a downward spiral of great emotion. But all of those feelings were the bottom. Then came Sunday, and the Lord gave them some joyful emotions, and we witnessed how those emotions were transformed. So as we follow the disciples this morning, we too will be introduced with those glorious resurrection emotions. Follow as I read Luke 24, verses 1 through 12. <clears throat> now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning... They and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them, who told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to them like idle tales, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, and stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves, and he departed, marveling to himself at what had happened. Let's pray. This morning, Father, we pray that God, your Holy Spirit, would use your word to speak to our heart. I pray for that believer here that is so discouraged, that is beat up by the cares and the affairs of this world. I pray that, Father, you would speak to our heart hope and encouragement. In Jesus' name, amen. 
The first resurrection emotion that I want to introduce to you that the disciples experienced was the, the roller coaster of sorrow to joy. First of all, we notice that the sorrow that gripped their hearts was experienced by the women. As we are introduced in Luke 24 about the women, and, and later on it gives some of their names, they were going to the tomb to finish the burial process. The sorrow and grief had just attacked them. I don't know if you've ever experienced that when a loved one died. And this is your first visit to the cemetery. Maybe you're bringing flowers. Maybe you're going to see the headstone for the first time. And you know that it hits you like a wave of emotions, that sorrow that was experienced after that their beloved's Lord had died. It must have been a very emotional time. First of all, Mary Magdalene in John chapter 20, it says, Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. As she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. The Emmaus disciples were in the grip of sorrow and disappointment. In Luke 24, 21, they said this as they were unknowingly talking to the Lord on the road to Emmaus. They said, we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. These two Emmaus disciples had heavy hearts of sorrow. And that emotion was shared by all of the disciples. They had spent three and a half years with him. They were looking forward to entering the kingdom and doing what the master had said. And now he's dead? It seems like their world was just ripped right from under them. And they were gripped in the powerful emotion of sorrow. Heavy hearts dealing with the lost. But something changed all that. The resurrection of Jesus gave them joy that flooded their soul. Notice how the roller coaster is going back up in Luke 24. First of all, we see in verses 5 through 9. Then as they were afraid, bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here but is risen. Remember that he told you he was going to be turned into sinful men. He was going to be crucified. But he would rise again the third day. And then they remembered his words. And they returned from the tomb. These women returned from the tomb. They ran, the Bible says in uh, Matthew, that they ran with great joy. They were weeping, they were sorrowful, but now when the angel told them that he's alive, they, and Mary actually saw him, Mary Magdalene saw him, they're running back to the disciples with great joy, and they tell these, and then also the Emmaus disciples, their sorrow, their disappointment was turned to joy when they found out that it was Jesus walking right with them. Though it happened so long ago, the resurrection still brings the greatest joy to God's people. Paul, writing to the Corinthians, said, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. 
Joy is built into the DNA of the Christian life because we do not worship a dead leader. We worship a living Lord. When you, when you are a follower of Jesus, there's just something unexplainable. Even if you're normally a grumpy person. Now, don't raise your hands or anything, but I know who you are, you know. But there is a joy that maybe, maybe you're not uh, always uh, screaming or uh, displaying it, but you have a settled confidence. I know my Redeemer lives I'm convinced, and that is what makes Christianity different than any other religion because we worship a living Savior, and there's the joy and that confidence of knowing that no matter how sorrowful we get, there is joy for God's people, and that is the first emotion, resurrection emotion. Well, let's look at the second one this morning. They go from sorrow to joy, but also from confusion to understanding. Notice the confusion that clouded their minds. The women are on the way to the tomb. And they come up with, you know, they, they got all the burial spices to finish the preparation of the body. They would put all kinds of spices under the linen and, and they had some more that they were going to do. And they got all this gathering and they were on the way to the tomb. And, and somewhere on the way to the tomb, they had this thought, um, how are we going to get that stone away from the tomb? I mean, this is a massive stone. It's rolled into a groove, and there's no way. They're confused. These women are dealing with all kinds of emotion that caused them uh, to become greatly perplexed, as it says in verse 4. They didn't know what to do with themselves. They're entirely at a loss. Their lives had been wrapped up in following Jesus. And now, what now? He was dead. He was gone. Also, there's confusion of Mary Magdalene as she came to the tomb and saw that it was open. And she thought someone had stolen his body. Grave robbers. And he ta she talked to someone later, didn't know who it was, thought it was the gardener. And says, did you move? the body. So she was confused. And even those two disciples from Emmaus were confused later on in chapter 24. They said, we thought, we were hoping that he was the Messiah. He was the one that was sent by God. The Old Testament prophets predicted that was going to redeem Israel. They Now, that he was dead, they didn't know what to think, what to do, and which way to turn. Confused. A few weeks ago, I went kayaking out on Lettuce Lake over by Lake Susie. And I thought that this lake was just kind of a round lake. It'd be no problem to. And then I got in there and found that there was a lot of twists and turns. And, and uh, they didn't have any road maps or signs out there in the lake. And then I was getting a little... Said, I'm fresh out of breadcrumbs to find my way back to my truck and load up. And finally, I saw someone that says, okay, you take a right, you take a left, and you do that. It says, I, all the way back, I said, right, left. That means I'll be left, right on the way back. So I finally got back confused. Well, that's the way these disciples, they didn't know what to do, which way to turn. But then came the understanding the understanding that answered all of their questions. We see that this understanding was given 
from three sources. The first source was the words of an angel. In Luke 24, verses 5 through 7, as the women got there, they saw this these angel, and they bowed down their, they were afraid, terrified, and then the angel said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you. So the words of the angel convinced these women that Jesus was alive. And so they go from confusion, now he's not missing, he's alive. And they are so excited that they go and tell the rest of the, the disciples. But their understanding was clarified not only by the words of an angel, but the words of Jesus himself in John's gospel and John's explanation of the resurrection in chapter 20. It says in verses 15 to 16 that Mary Magdalene comes and she must be uh, on a, just a little bit separate from the other women because she herself sees this person thinking him to be the gardener and said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I will take him away. Again, she's confused. And then Jesus said to her, Mary. And then all of a sudden, with the word of her name, she says, Rabboni, master, teacher. She understood now. He is alive. From the revelation of Jesus' words himself. But understanding also came from the words of Scripture. Remember the Emmaus disciples that I referred to earlier? They saw this man joining them on the road to Emmaus. And he began to talk to them and ask questions. And then it says, he opened their eyes. He, when the, their eyes were opened, when he opened the scriptures to them. He took the scriptures of the Lord Jesus and showed Messiah, showed Christ, showed himself from all of the portions of the Old Testament scriptures. And then suddenly they got it. Their eyes were open. They understood. They went from confusion to see, yes, that's what the Bible says and predicts that was going to happen. And finally, their confusion. Boy, I tell you, we have a lot of confusion in our world. It seems like this world is so confused. It's like a thick fog that is settled and people don't know. There's religious confusion. People think that all roads lead to heaven. Sometimes people think that it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere in that belief. And, and that is completely hogwash. It's completely wrong. There's confusion about morals in our day. People don't know what is right and what is wrong. They're confused about what is a definition of marriage. They're confusing something so basic as who is a man and who is a woman. People don't have any basis of understanding. There's confusion in this world. Just like those early followers on that first Easter, the confusion melted away by a revelation from God. The words of the angel, the words of Jesus, and the words of Scripture. Folks, we have something of a light a light in a fog of confusion that can tell us what is right, what is wrong, 
tell us who God is, who his son is, how we can know for sure that our sins are forgiven, tells us what's going to happen in the future, that Jesus is prepared a place for us. We don't have to wonder what is right and what is wrong when God has given us a clear light from his word. Resurrection emotions go from sorrow all the way to joy, go from confusion to clear understanding. But let me introduce you a third resurrection emotion. From fear to courage. The fear that paralyzed them. When the women got to the tomb, they saw these uh, angels. They were terrified of the angels. The 11 disciples were afraid of the Jews so much that the doors were shut They were a fearful group, hiding, running away, denying the Lord, following at a distance. If you look at the end of the gospel accounts, you see a group of followers of Jesus that is about ready to disband. They didn't know what to do. They were terrified. They had arrested their master, and all their hopes were in him. And they arrest him. Then they're going to find Peter. Then they're going to find John. They're going to find all of them. That's why they were in the upper room on that Sunday night. And the doors were locked because they were afraid they were going to hear that knock on the door and the Jews were going to get them. Well, we got one. Now we get the rest. We'll put out this whole Jesus movement thing. Well, they're terrified, terrified fear. You ever been afraid of something? Maybe to the point where you have a panic attack and you're terrified. I heard a story about this little five-year-old boy named Johnny. He was in the kitchen with his mother and she was making supper. She asked him to go into the pantry and get her a can of tomato soup, but he didn't want to go in alone. It's dark in there and I'm scared. She asked again and he persisted. Finally, she says, it's okay. You don't have to go in there by yourself. Jesus will be there with you. Johnny walked hesitantly to the door and slowly opened it. He peeked inside and saw that it was dark, and he started to leave when he got an idea. Jesus, if you're in there, can you hand me the can of tomato (laughs) soup there? We're afraid of a lot of things. Those disciples were terrified. They were afraid of being arrested. But I want to tell you, the emotion of fear changed to courage because of the resurrection of Jesus. The courage that mobilized them. Instead of running away now, they're running to tell others. Instead of hiding and denying, they stood up and boldly declared that they belonged to Jesus. As a matter of fact, you look at the end of the, of the gospel accounts, and then you look at the beginning of Acts, you would think that, who are these people? They're not the, the disciples that were there in, at the end when they were running and hiding and afraid of everything and Peter was denying the Lord and Judas had betrayed him and they were all a bunch of scaredy cats. But in the book of Acts, they walked the streets of Rome and boldly declared the gospel. Peter says, neither is there any other for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. They were beaten up. They were thrown into prison, yet never one of those 12, 11 disciples denied Jesus ever again. Why? Because they saw 
He's alive. I don't have to be paralyzed in fear anymore. I can have courage because my Redeemer is alive. One time, the Spain controlled both sides of the narrowest part of the Strait of Gibraltar. At that narrowing of the two land masses of Africa and Europe, there was a huge marker called the Pillar of Hercules. And prior to Columbus' voyage in 1492, it carried a three-word Latin saying chiseled into the stone, na plu ultra, which translated said, no more beyond. Before Columbus sailed, the civilized world thought that that was the end of the world. Keep going, you're going to fall off the edge because they thought it was flat. You know, they, they didn't think there was anything beyond what they knew. After Columbus discovered a new world beyond Spain, recognition of the revised outlook was pressed into its coins in Spain. Coins were struck with a simple Latin slogan, two words, plu, ultra, which means more beyond. And those coins were in circulation in Florida in 1796. They still had that slogan. Folks, the grave is not the end. There's more beyond there's more that we can have beyond this life. If in this life only, if that's all there is, we're of all men most miserable, but we have more beyond. We have a resurrected Savior who's waiting for us in heaven. Fear of death, you don't have to be afraid. There's more. What are you afraid of this morning? Jesus can take that and turn it into courage. One more resurrection emotion that I want to point out to you. These disciples go from doubt to faith. The doubt that plagued their thoughts. The disciples. <clears throat> the women had ran from the tomb here in Luke 24. And they were excited. They were excited as they found where the disciples were meeting. And they were banging on the door and they finally let them in. And guess what, Peter? Guess what, John? We had an experience. The tomb is empty. And the angel said, he's alive. And as they unfolded their story full of joy and full of emotion, what do you think these disciples said? Wow, great news. No, they didn't say that. And their words seemed to them like idle tales, and they did not believe them. <laughs> Oh, they were probably very sexist. Oh, they're just women. You can't believe anything that they say at all. But that's what the Lord chose to be the first witnesses of the resurrection. They had doubts. They didn't believe the women. Also, uh, let me introduce you to a, a prime doubter in the New Testament. His name is Thomas in John chapter 20. You see, the, the resurrection evening... The, the disciples were gathered, 10 of the disciples were gathered in the upper room and Jesus appeared to them and, and showed them his hands and his feet. And they were all believing it. They were all excited about it. The next week, somehow Thomas didn't make that first meeting. And the next Sunday, they were gathered again and they were talking and all of them were telling Thomas, Thomas, he's alive. I tell you what, he came here last week. Oh yeah, sure he came here last week. It says in, in John 20, verse 25, 
The other, other disciples therefore said to him, we've seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger in the print of those nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Well, the faith that settled the issue is just as soon as those words came out of his mouth, Jesus appeared in the room again. He goes up to Thomas and says, Thomas, don't be faithless. See, here, put your finger in, in the print and, and put your hand to my side and see the, where the spear cut through me. And Thomas humbly bowed down before Jesus and said, my Lord and my God. It settled the issue. It settled the issue for those disciples. And my friend, I hope it settles the issue for you as well. Since the fourth century, the Apostles' Creed has been expressed by all believers. And part of that Apostles' Creed says this, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, was buried. He descended to hell. The third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. Oh, my friend, has God cleared away the doubts from your mind? The evidence is there. The resurrection is the most, the best attested fact of history. It's recorded so many times. All of those who are skeptics and doubters have been put to shame. We can't see him, but we know for sure. Our faith melts away our doubts. In one of his books, A.M. Hunter, the New Testament scholar, relates the story of a dying man who asked his Christian doctor, tell him something about the place to which he was going to go after he died. The doctor fumbled around for a correct reply, and then he got an idea when he heard a scratching at the door. And he had this answer. Do you hear that? Asked his pa he asked his patient. It's my dog. I lift him downstairs, but... He has grown impatient. He's come up. He hears my voice. He has no notion what's inside this door, but he knows I am here. Isn't it the same with you? You don't know all of the details, what lies beyond the door, but you know your master is there. Jesus is alive. Job said, I know my Redeemer lives. Have you had all your doubts cleared away? My wife and I were at that uh, place called Walmart this week, <laughs> which is not an unusual occurrence for us. We were there getting our second shingles shot, so we should be good to go. We met a lady that uh, came up to us and, and knew who we were. This happens all the time. There are some of our Friday night group that comes to our concerts and came to the cantata. And she was a dear sweet lady. 
And she was saying, I, I so enjoy being in your church. It seems like everybody loves each other. And the music is so exalting of God. And I can understand when you teach the Bible. And she says, the church that I go to doesn't explain the scripture. And I thought, that poor lady, that poor lady doesn't have a clear understanding of the truth of Jesus Christ. And she's gripped in fear by the church that she goes to. And Don and I prayed, prayed for her later when we left and pray that the seeds that have been planted, the seeds of gospel truth would be born by the Holy Spirit and she would become a true believer in Christ. I wonder, have you been on a roller coaster of emotions lately? I want to tell you, Jesus can transform your soul, but he can also transform your emotions. Your sorrow can be turned to joy, your confusion to understanding, your fear to courage, and all of your doubts can be melted away into faith because Jesus rose from the grave. Let's pray. Father, I come to you this morning and pray that if there's one here that is not sure that they have honest doubts about the truth of all of this, and maybe they're not sure even if they know for sure Christ is their Savior, may your Holy Spirit blow away the fog and may the truth of Jesus' death and resurrection sink into their soul. Help them to see that he died for them and wants to save them from their sin. I pray also for believers today that maybe have been on a roller coaster. Emotions up and down, confusion and doubts and, and, and sorrow and sickness. Oh, Father, I pray that the fact that Jesus is alive would lift all of your children's emotions up today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing.